0: with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world. Jeff Bradbury.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 204. And today I have two special instructional coaches on today to talk all about not just what to do at the beginning of the year. But how do we take all those lessons, those innovations, those new activities that we're finding at ISTI and other great summer conferences, and begin to have the conversations on how do we bring that innovation, that new stuff into the classrooms? I want to say thank you guys for checking this show out. If this is the first time you're listening to us, my name is Jeff. I've been an instructional technology coach for the last 10 plus years. And I want to say thank you for being here. We have had an amazing summer overall of Instructional coaching content from the work over at askthetechcoach.com, the great Twitter chats we've been a part of over on our Twitter feeds, both at TeacherCast and Ask the Tech Coach. But if you're looking for some great professional development, head on over to askthetechcoach.com today, scroll down to the bottom and join our Instructional Coaches Network. We've got one on Facebook. We've got one on LinkedIn. And we're even opening up a brand new one specifically for instructional coaching leaders and instructional coaching leadership. The people that's, you know, their job and their role is to support instructional coaches. We've got these three great groups that are being built right now, and we would love to have you be a part of it. Every single month we do live shows. We put out a a specialized newsletter, and we're always trying to curate the great stuff about what's happening in the world of instructional coaching. So Do me a favor, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, join our group today, be a part of the action. And if you've got something to contribute, we would love to have you be a part of this show and help you guys become a guest on the TeacherCast Educational Network. We would love to have you guys on here. And I'm so excited that you guys are here to make TeacherCast your home for professional development. My first guest today is an intervention specialist for the last five years working in grades 1 to 3, 7 to 8 and 10. I'm so excited to have her on the show today. I want to bring on today Miss Anna Marie Reinhart. Anna Marie, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach.
2: I'm great. Thanks so much for having me.
1: It is so great to have you here. I'm so excited to have you and our other guest on today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How are things out in Cincinnati where you are?
2: Things are great. Uh, It's been pretty hot the last week, um, but you know, summer is always pretty nice around here in Cincinnati and um, our team at Forward Edge, we've been very, very busy, but um, it's been a great summer so far.
1: That is so good to hear. I know we have a lot in common. I'm looking forward to catching up about a lot of things. I also want to bring on today uh, one of your coworkers, another instructional coach here from Forward Edge, Ms. Emily Cowan. Emily, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach.
3: Thanks so much for having us. Uh, I'm doing great today.
1: I had a chance to check out some of the things that you guys were doing at the ISTE conference. And first of all, how are you? How was the conference? Uh, did you have a good time? Tell us a little bit about your experience in New Orleans.
2: Yeah, so ISTE was great. That was actually my first experience uh, going to ISTE in person. Um, we were able to attend it virtually, of course, Um a couple of years ago, but it was really cool to actually see the thing that I'd been hearing so much about in real life. Um, I couldn't believe how many people were there and at the size that's of crazy. the conference. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, but it was it was a really neat experience. And our, our team was um, kind of in charge of running the Google Adaptive Learning Lab. So that's where we spent most of our time. But it was a great way to to meet a lot of people and talk about some really cool stuff.
1: You know, I saw all the activity that was happening over there, but for those who weren't on the ground, and I think there was like 14,000 people that were actually <laughs> physically there, it was an amazing experience. What was the Google Adaptive Learning Lab?
3: Yeah, so um, the Google Adaptive Learning Lab was a three-station uh, Showcase of Google's new features that are coming that are rolling out with um, the update to Workspace, and so our team worked to script and produce kind of this. We called it like an interactive theater, yeah. or not an yeah yeah, yeah. interactive theater. Um, so the people who attended got to move through each station and learn about how Google's new workspace features can assist in lesson planning, lesson delivery, and then of course, like kind of the feedback. So we got to showcase those tools and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and we got to show some of the new Chromebook stuff too, oh, yeah, which was great. Yeah, new professional Chromebooks that are coming out.
1: So so what is happening with all of that stuff? I mean, one of the things, of course, that came out of ISTI was all this great innovation, all this great new technology, We're going to talk a little bit about that today, but tell us specifically what's been going on in the world of Google education.
2: Yeah, so basically all the participants who went through the space got to see a handful of things. And what's kind of important to remember is they were essentially playing the role of a student um, in this interactive theater and all the presenters were playing the role of a teacher. So participants got to see and experience both sides. Um, I would say probably the heaviest hitter coming out of the Google Adaptive Learning Lab was practice sets. Mm -hmm. Um, This is something that they're adding to Google Classroom. It's really awesome. Um, it's got AI um, yes. intelligence to like help students in the moment, um, which is really cool. Yeah, with immediate feedback. Um, so basically, teachers can create a set of questions. They populate the answers. They're able to tag learning skills um, that are associated with the questions that they're asking. And then um, the technology kind of behind the scenes Google pulls all of these relevant resources attached to those learning skills. So if students are struggling with a question and they get it wrong, there's like a little light bulb that lights up um, next to the question. And they can click on that light bulb and get like immediate help with that skill. Um, And then they can try again. So the teacher gets a lot of really great data too. You can see how many attempts a student made at a question, what attempt they got it right. So it's a pretty powerful tool.
1: I had a chance to get the sneak peek at the Google teacher trainer social, right? And and I I walked away just floored at this new concept. I didn't quite understand if it was attached to the teacher account. Is this something that a district can create and push to multiple teachers? Or if it's connected directly specifically to a Google classroom and then you have to copy it for all the – like how does that get set up i don't know if you know this information or not. like
2: i mean right now at least the impression we got was that a teacher creates yeah. practice sets and they have basically for lack of a better term like a practice set bank associated with their google account yeah. so they can take that practice set and push it out to as many google classroom courses as they'd like but they are like the owner of that yeah i think so
1: I'm looking forward to to testing this out. I'm looking forward to seeing it in in live with my teachers. I I also love the fact that at ISTE, there was just so much happening. It was look, it's ISTE. It's really hard to keep things in. But you had mentioned, you know, some Google stuff. What's new in the world of Chromebooks that excited you?
2: So um, in Chromebooks, we were able to play around with Cast Moderator, Um, This is basically um, the way that students can cast their screens to a, you know, big board at the front of the classroom. And um, what made this extremely powerful is that there's a code that they have to type in in order to cast their screen. But then there's a teacher remote. So the teacher can end that cast at any time.
3: Yeah. And I we um, so the people who went through that. Adaptive Learning Lab, they got to use the new professional Chromebooks. So these new Chromebooks are supposed to be like more powerful than the student Chromebook, right? So I think their goal is to get teachers using Chromebooks too, not just not just the students. And so they were like the yoga ones that flip all the way around and they had fun stylists. And so it was just kind of um, a way to showcase those new devices and try and get teachers on board with them.
1: Now that we're done and Google is... Well, I should say ISTE is behind us. Google's never behind us. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. I don't think Google will ever be behind us, right?
1: (laughs) A lot of coaches are starting to get back into the classrooms. Um, Even this week when people are listening to this, I mean, there's a lot of instructional coaches in our coaches groups that are already there, that are starting to, or they're having those conversations. (laughs) And and the thing I'm interested in, in talking to you today about really is how do we start to turnkey this? How do we take the, the innovations that we've seen, the content that we know, and come up with a plan to bring it into the classroom? I mean, I see a lot of coaches going to ISTEs, going to ed camps, and obviously their skills are going from a one to like a seven an overnight, but their districts haven't changed. And I see a lot of them going in on that first day and trying to vomit everything that was exciting and innovative and and you know they, they they get excited they get frustrated they walk away going why can't we it's here but the district doesn't know that so i'm um, we're going to focus a lot today on, on many topics but i really want to you know see if we can come up with this how do we start to change what we know is innovation into classroom pedagogy so let me throw it to you emily here how do we take what we learned at the conference and begin to formulate a plan to see it implemented in our classrooms?
3: Oh, man, that is like a really heavy hitting question. Um, So I think like for our team, we are we take a lot of notes and we do a lot of collaborating and debriefing. Um, So I think right now we're just in the process of like vetting these tools. So what are tools or innovative practices like what actually translate to the classroom? How can we um take what we learned and bring it back to our teachers and i i don't really like know if we have like a concrete way to say like this is exactly how we do it because our team is working for 14 in over 14 different Mm -hmm. districts around here so everyone is a little bit different um but i know that we're all sitting down right now and making our plans because pds are coming up here within the next month um So I don't know if you have a better, more concrete
2: answer to that. Yeah, I don't know. I guess the way that I sort of think about it is what is going to require the least amount of like work or heavy lifting for the teachers and what is going to have an impact on students. And those would be the things that I would prioritize because teachers are overwhelmed, like overworked. They are very short on time. Um, And we could talk forever about, like, why we need more professional development time embedded within a school year. Um, But I think that's kind of the biggest sell, right? Like, this isn't going to take a whole lot of pre-planning or the learning curve isn't super, super steep. Um, But it's going to have this, like, really amazing impact on your students.
1: Keeping students focused, keeping students in mind, I think is ultimately where we need to be with all of this stuff and i love your idea of just having these debriefing meetings Mm -hmm. because sometimes school districts have these you know on the plane ride home let's have a talk or let's get together the following week and what did you learn a lot of these things just hit you so fast and whether you're taking notes or not for me i mean i i might be september october and go Mm -hmm. oh i remember hearing that or oh google said that this was coming now it's officially here yeah. and and making sure that you're always kind of reflecting on that and seeing what comes in when coaches are meeting with their administrators what should those conversations start to look like again i think it's easy for a coach to walk into a principal's office and just here's everything i learned and you just have this glassy-eyed administrator going hi (laughs) how are you right you just kind of go "Yeah," or this right so Talk to us a little bit about the conversations that, you know, you might have with administrators or coaches might have with administrators to kind of say, here's something new. How can we talk about implementing this?
3: Yeah, so I think that that conversation starts a little different than like, hey, here's what I got from ISTE. So in particular, one of the districts that I'm in, they had turnover in both the, um, lead and assistant principals last year. Um, So they'll both be new this year. And so I know that the building goals are going to shift uh, quite a bit just to like mirror what they want to see happen in their new building. So I think, you know, coming into this new school year, it's going to start with, hey, what are what are your big goals for this year? What do you think is the most important? What do you want to attack? Like, what what is most important to you? And then me going back to what I did take away from ISTE and what I have like learned over this summer and try and find the things that fit their vision. Um, I don't think I can come to them and say like, Hey, you know, flip Flipgrid grid flip has like rebranded. I think we need to, you know, go in this direction. Um, I really think it needs to come from like what they want to see and then me bring the ideas to them that really, you know, empower their vision.
1: I, I think that's a good point. Walking into your principal's office and saying, <laughs> Hey, Flipgrid has rebranded. Can we go into video? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. <it's- laughs> but yep. but having that plan right mm-hmm. like walking in with here's what i'm seeing here's how we can do this open the door what do you think
2: yeah mm-hmm.
1: we're in that spot right now where a lot of coaches are formulating their intro plans mm-hmm. <laughs> beginning of the year coach uh, administrator is going to say this is our coach Emily She does this or here's what's going on. And Emily's going to stand up for the first time and go, hi. And it might be the first time in a building. It might be the first time in a while. You might be the opening act. Like you might have the first day of professional learning or new teacher orientation. What's your advice for planning something like this? Keeping in mind all the innovations, keeping in mind that you can't just change the school district on your own. When you're working with teachers, coaches, principals, buildings, districts, talk to us a little bit about those first interactions that you as a coach should be having with your staff to set yourself up, to set up the position, to start building relationships, getting them to understand this is what a coach does. (laughs) These are all big topics that were discussed Uh at many conversations. Because we get it. We're
3: laughing
2: because we know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I would say like that very specific kind of image that you just put into my head, like standing up at the staff meeting, like maybe it's the first time being in that building. Maybe it's the first time in front of a handful of teachers who are new hires. um, We like to say that you need to kind of have an elevator pitch (laughs) ready to go. Um, So (laughs) short and sweet, but keep it very clear um, because clarifying your role as a coach is one of the most important things that you have to do. But I also think it's kind of one of the hardest because, um, you know, a lot of times we get roped into, you know, the letter S is missing from this kid's computer? Like, can you fix it? Or, you know, can you have this website unblocked? Or, you know, all kinds of like break, fix, um, or like tech support um, questions. And because at least Emily and I are both former educators, like we know how it is to be in a classroom and something's not working. And it's mm-hmm. so hard to resist the urge to want to try and fix everything. I can't fix keyboards. That's an easy one for me to pass <laughs> on to somebody else. But it's also like there are like little things that I can help with. Um, and so I would just say like, trying your best to, to, to resist that urge to just fix everything is so important. Having that elevator pitch ready. And then like, don't talk about tech when you're with teachers or instructional design mm-hmm. or curriculum like just try and get to know them as people um i think one of my like favorite pieces of advice to give new coaches if you are able to casually walk into a teacher's classroom and just strike up a conversation like creep on their desk, like look at what's on their desk, try and figure out like what makes them tick because they're going to have like the most important things to them, probably framed, taped up on the wall, something. And then if they feel like you have some sort of personal connection with them, I think the likelihood that they're going to maybe want to work with you on something that is related to your actual position as a coach is much higher.
1: I want to take a moment and put, both of you maybe on the hot seat here because you had just mentioned you know your elevator pitch and one of the things that has been requested um, from our Facebook group from our instructional coaches group is this concept of role playing can you give us an elevator pitch can you like when you're working with teachers and you're like oh you have to have it what does that look like what does that sound like I mean pretend that I'm your principal and I say all right Anna Marie is our new instructional coach Anna-Marie, introduce yourself.
2: Yeah, I would say, uh, first and foremost, I'm so happy to be here. I am a former classroom teacher, um, and I would just like to be here to make your life easier. Um, I'm here to help you plan that lesson that you just feel like you're kind of stuck on or help you rework something you've done year after year, and you're wanting to just kind of change it up a bit. Like, I'm here to help you and make your job easier and to have help you have a larger impact on your students.
1: One of the other things that has come, by the way, um, <laughs>
2: Oh, wow.
3: Thank, Thank you. you. I was going to say, you don't make me follow that because she stole all of my uh, things. <laughs> well, well,
1: to be honest, Emily, this is where we're going with this. And I get this a lot again from our instructional coaches and, and, and you know, we're all in this position now, as the coaching profession grows bigger, even in the schools. You are also a coach sitting next to Anna Marie who just gave that speech. And now I, as the principal go, and here's Emily, she's the math coach. Emily, what are you gonna be doing? How, if you're not, you know, cause you're gonna get up and go, I'm also going to try to grab all of the <laughs> time that you have and try to manipulate you and change you and squeeze you and love you and call you George and all that stuff, right? Like the question that we're trying to figure out i know in our facebook group which please sign up over at com, is how do you become multiple coaches like how do you form a coaching team yet not try to cannibalize and eat each other so what what would be a good you know elevator pitch when the person in front of you just took your answer <laughs> because you don't want two coaches in the room to be a, a prof, you know a popularity contest a personality contest you know i like her because she's a she and i like him because he's a he you know, like, you know you're the math guy, you're the tech guy or whatever, right? Like, how do you start to formulate these relationships within your district, within your department? But also, again, you got 30 teachers that are kind of looking at both of you as coaches going, what do you do? And why are you both coming at me? And if you say jump, do I also listen to the other? So, Emily, you're on the hot seat. What's your What would your elevator pitch be if you're coach number two in the building?
3: Well, I want to first throw out that I would never be the math coach. Um, <laughs> Me either. <laughs> you said that, and my Pass. whole my, my blood boiled. I'm like, I cannot do that. I would be the worst. <laughs> Um, But I think that, like, I mean, I work in schools that have coaches that are hired not from our company. They're coming from ESCs or they're coming from other contract workers, or contract companies. Um, And so what I always try to do is build that relationship right off the bat of like, hey, so she can really help you with the instructional or the technology piece. But I am here to help with this. And like any time that you can pull us both in, like we can work collaboratively. Right. So like if I am the math coach, um, I'm here to help you like engage your students and like help you understand the content a little better. But like let's bring Anna Marie too to to know the latest and greatest of technology and how it can really support what you and I are both trying to do here, um, because I think even if you are from competing companies or competing whatever, like there's still a partnership where we're all still focused on teacher success and student growth. Um, So putting those things aside and really partnering. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, I do communicate with them frequently, like, hey, I'm working with this this teacher on this. Do you have any ideas? Or like, I don't wanna step on toes. Like what have you already done with them so that we really are like moving the needle um, in a positive direction and not working against each other.
1: I love that answer. Making sure that everybody knows their role, making sure that we're all supportive. And, and and you said exactly what should be said, right? Like your job is not to be the best coach. Your job is to mm-hmm. sell other people. Your job is to sell the fact that if you need this, Hey, we got that for you. We are here as a service, whether we're you know in district employees or third party people that walk into a district, mm-hmm. we are always here to support each other. And you know, if you get a math question, you answer the math question or you say, hey, <laughs> let me go find that out. Like you're always going into that. And, and I think, you know, one of the things I'm interested in learning today and one of the things that I think we're going to be moving a lot of the podcast topics into is how do you keep these topics current with what this is? And I think it all comes down to having your coaches be seen as building leaders. Mm-hmm. You're not administrators. You don't have quote power, but For so many coaches, they struggle with being on leadership teams. I'm fortunate in my building. Like I'm I'm on our leadership team. It was one of the first things I asked for. But for many coaches, they don't know that they're supposed to ask for these things. So they don't just say, Oh, I'll show up because I am a building leader. You know, maybe they are in multiple buildings. And so the principal doesn't see them as a building leader because they kind of come and go. What's your philosophy or when you're working with districts and buildings, what's your philosophy on, you know, coaches in a leadership position? How does it work? How could it work? How should it work?
2: I guess my kind of knee jerk response is, like you said, being visible and and any capacity that you can be so if that means you ask like hey i see these like bi-weekly data meetings are on the calendar can i be a part of that i see that um you know teacher leadership team is meeting can i be a part of that like join a committee do just just anything that you can do to get like more FaceTime, because if they're starting to see you as this like common denominator, math term, um, <laughs> you know, throughout all these different kind of, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, um, I think it just lends itself to making you appear as a leader especially because then you're going to have a much more well-rounded idea of what's going on in the school what the teachers need um and then i think it sort of just like naturally happens and then hey if you get in that data meeting and and the teachers are trying to work their way through google sheets or or you know (laughs) there may be an opportunity that presents itself too for you to kind of like do your coaching role there too
1: does that matter what grade level you're at as an example and i've given this one a lot here you know as an elementary coach Um, you've got many fourth grade teachers. Usually one of those fourth grade teachers is on the leadership team. You might look at them as your quote general. So -hmm. if I can get them on my side or if I can get into their classroom, it's going to spark. Whereas in a high school, you know, the leadership council is made up of administrators and usually your teachers are not necessarily there. I mean, I would assume that's easier depending on what type of a building and building relationship you're working through.
2: That's a good point. Yeah, I'm definitely in a pre K to eight building. So very much what you said, you know, there's like one teacher per grade level on the leadership team. I know, Emily, you've had a little bit more experience in like the higher grade levels.
3: Yeah, it seems like, so I am on a couple leadership teams in the different like buildings slash districts that I'm in. And it seems like at the high school level, it's usually like one per department or in one of the places, I think it's like one per grade level, which doesn't seem really like reflective of the whole building um but i do think kind of to your point earlier that if you can get in with those generals or those like lead teachers or the ones who are on those tech teams or district teams then that really does impact your ability to coach kind of the good of the group
1: keeping in mind that we are never not coaching right like you know (laughs) yeah our students, are principals, our students, are district leaders, our students, are teachers. I mean, anybody who's in front of us is technically our student. Mm-hmm. What is the role of professional development for a coach? Personally, I'm always learning. I'm always looking to my teachers to teach me something, even though it's not like a class. Like I'm always trying to pick things up. But, you know, you provide district services, but you also provide professional development. But you're also looking for a PD. I mean, talk to us a little bit about how you handle that cycle for your own professional growth.
3: I think for me that looks like trying to engage teachers across different departments like i said a minute ago math terrifies me um so i enjoy the challenge of being in like a math classroom like hey i don't understand the content so can you catch me up to speed on that I'm learning from you. And then like, I am learning ways that I can support you, which is stretching me and growing me as a coach, because it's not something that's like in my comfort. Um, and in one of my coaching cycles, I worked with an art teacher and truly like the goal of like, I'm an instructional coach, but like the goal is to weave technology for the greater good. Um, and so when she signed up to work with me, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get like technology in the art classroom? Um, but that was like something that really pushed me outside of my, my comfort. Bird zone, and it was really, um, it was really kind of cool. And I, I think that that is where I see growth is when I challenge myself to work with, even like the tougher teachers, the ones who aren't really on board. Like I, I push myself into, how can I get this person to come work with me? Like, what can I do to get them on my side so that I can get into their classroom?
1: You had mentioned your art teachers. We did a show. Uh, this is episode 204 that we're recording now. Last week we did episode 203 with a great teacher from Chicago, who was a or is a music teacher and we talked all about you know the fact that coaches should be not just with the fourth grade and fifth grade teachers but really hitting all parts of the building because digital yeah. learning skills math skill like all of this stuff is universal the kid doesn't change just because they leave one traditional classroom for something different what advice do you have or what experiences do you have working with your special ed I'll, okay i'll keep a special ed but special areas here, yeah. <laughs> your math your, and even so i mean like i work with yep. my sped department constantly but for so many coaches we go into fourth grade and we lock ourselves there we go into biology but you know spending time in the art room is just as important those people need support as well what advice do you have for any coach that's looking to just make sure that they hit every single teacher this year as a goal
2: um i would say i mean first and foremost everyone knows building those relationships with every single teacher in the building is going to be i think the first and best step um secondly i i utilize surveys big time um and that is where i have actually found if i'm asking like how what could i what's one thing i could help you with your, this year or what's one thing that would make your life easier what's something you're interested in about like i have gotten feedback from music from art teachers from those forms that have then led to really great conversations or maybe even led to them signing up for my coaching cycles, which like Emily said, I was totally surprised Um, just because I think sometimes we sell ourselves short too. Like, Oh gosh, like art, that's way outside of my comfort zone or that may be a hard thing to like weave technology into. And then it ends up something really cool happens. Um, I know that for those two subject areas in particular, it is a bit easier than something like PE. If there's a coach out there who knows how to like make a PE teacher super techie or like integrate tech into PE without it seeming like you're just doing it to do it, like I would love to hear about that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I think for the other two where there's an opportunity for students to create something, there's definitely an opportunity for technology to be used.
1: You know, for that PE question, I think you're on to something earlier with, you know, having a Chromebook cast onto a screen or onto a Wi-Fi projector or something. Yeah. I know for many physical education teachers, they are not tethered to their computers, but they're all over the gym. So bringing up that, hey, you know, I was just at this great conference and I saw that they've got this technology. You pull it out of your Chromebook. You're in the other side of the world, you know, big Mm -hmm. physical education rooms. (laughs)
2: Yes.
1: But you don't now. You know, you no longer now have to run to your computer to play that music that you or or to right. show. You know, yeah, you can now use these things all across your educational environment, and you know, it's these little things mm-hmm. that just keep building these relationships and helping everybody move forward. I- I'm curious as far as you know. We talked a lot today about making sure that you know current climates, current cultures, current goals, and stuff in here. But really, for many coaches, this is the first time that they're getting into the classroom. We've got a lot of people listening to this show for the first time. Thank you for that. What advice do you have for coaches in that first week, that first month?
3: I oh, mean, I feel like Anne-Marie has said it a million times. Um, not a million times, sorry, I didn't mean it like that. But, <laughs> but I, I really think building the rapport, getting to know the teachers in your building is key. Like no coaching program will be successful if you have not, made, made uh-huh. those relationships that first week of school, because they don't know who you are. They may not trust you. You know, there may have been previous prior experiences that were negative with coaching. Uh-huh. So I think it's really making sure that like, they know that you're there not to be evaluative. You, they, you know, bleh they know you're there um, not to like add one more thing to their plate but to take something off of their plate um, or to help them grow or to like identify what their challenges are and how to kind of remedy them so i, I don't think there's anything more important than building the rapport um, with the teachers also with the admin mm-hmm. um we talked about it and touched on it a little bit before about how we get in with them and i think it's setting up Like starting with one meeting, but setting up recurring meetings with the admin so that that becomes a partnership where you're able, like, you know, both of you have your boots on the ground um, in the building, you're hearing and seeing different things, but taking the time to come together and connect the dots um, to help the entire building as a whole.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would say like echoing all of that um, and kind of even more specifically, like if there is a teacher's lounge, eat lunch in there, like eat lunch with them like make yourself visible outside of those committees that you might join or the staff meetings, like, Uh, The beginning of the year can be a very slow or a very busy time for a coach. If you're feeling like, oh my gosh, what on earth do I do? Like take a lap around the building, just like let people see you. Um, If the teacher's door is open, poke your head in and just, hey, how's it going? I I just wanted to reintroduce myself. Like I love fourth grade, you know, just like make conversation. Um, I I just, I have found that probably one of the teachers that I didn't think would ever work with me. um, We both love bad reality TV. We happen to watch all of the same <laughs> shows. So we could like talk about that forever. And now I have, I've had a standing meeting now for three years, every Tuesday afternoon with that teacher. And she loves paper and paper copies.
3: And uh, to piggyback off of that, like you jogged my memory. I think that the beginning, like the first week is the perfect opportunity opportunity to like normalize general drop-ins so like I can walk into your classroom I am just seeing what's going on it's not evaluative Um, a lot of fun things happen the first week of school getting to know you so if they see me just like walking in walking around like checking things out talking to the students that first week later on it won't feel like it has so much pressure
1: Emily, Anna Marie, I am so excited that you guys are on the show today and thank you for your time with everything. And and I would obviously love to have you back on to continue these conversations, maybe do a, a part two once we get deeper <laughs> into the conversations, because, you know, these are the things that we've been talking about on a lot of our shows. And, and if you're listening to this and you're new to this podcast, great. If you've been listening to a few episodes and you're like, why are these topics continuously coming up? it's because at the beginning of the year, these are the only topics that matter. Yeah. Building mm-hmm. relationships, saying hello, poking your head into the to the rooms, getting to know people, having people get to feel comfortable. You know, we've said the word vulnerable on here a few times is mm-hmm. getting to be able to build those relationships. My advice is it's not about being a coach in August. It's not about being a coach in September. It's about being a coach when it's january february march and the only way you do that is by now you say hey what's your favorite kind of cookie or hey what's your kids doing or hey how did you know like how do you like what do you do outside if you're building those relationships i want to say thank you for coming on thank you for all the help at, at isti thank you for all the great work to show off you know not only what's happening at google but forward edge and then seeing everything that's on here what is the this year going to be looking like for you what, when you enter your schools when you enter your classrooms What are you excited about and what are you looking forward to this year? I'll start with Emily.
3: Um, I am super excited that I'm returning to both of my schools. So this will be my fourth consecutive year in one and I think my third in the other. And I miss my teachers. I really do. They are some of the best people. Um, So I'm excited to connect with them, see how their summer went. And hopefully um, they're rejuvenated and refreshed and excited to get Um, started. Um, But I'm also excited for coaching cycles. I feel like I have collected a lot of resources. Um, I've been spending a lot of time this summer on Twitter and getting some ideas for um, ways to make them even more impactful. So I'm really excited for kicking those off and, you know, really helping my teachers grow.
1: I want to see if we can make a quick list based on what you just said. You've been spending a lot of time on Twitter. What's your hashtags that you follow? What do you use? I've been noticing there's a lot of coaching hashtags kind of creeping up. Uh, what do you search for?
3: Yeah, so um, Forward Edge actually has a new PLN coming out that is, um, we're going to be doing Twitter chats. So that's definitely one to look out for here coming up soon, which will be hashtag edu coach chat. Mm -hmm. Um, I have been following a lot of the ISTE things. Um, so, you know, hashtag ISTE 2022. Um, we actually put on a camp for coaches. So hashtag F E coach or no, sorry. F E camp 22. Um, that's a big one where we've
2: been putting out a lot of things trying to think of other, I, I think the FE Camp 22 one is the one I've been following yeah. the most because we have our participants tweet out a lot of the things that we ask them to create um, during our uh, multi-day training. So we've been able to get a lot of really great ideas from people who've come to camp. Yeah.
1: Nice. We will definitely put all that stuff on our show notes over here at episode number 204. Anna-Marie, what are you looking forward to this year?
2: Um, I mean, a lot of what Emily said, I, I miss being in school, um, but... I think one of the the big things that I'm super excited about, um, we were lucky enough at the school that I'm in to receive this really great, innovative, um, Lab, Innovative Learning Lab is what it's called. We got it from um, Verizon and Heart of America. It was this grant that we received. So it's like jam-packed with all this new technology. Um, And we have a really, really, really great STEAM Lab teacher. So I cannot wait to see what happens in that lab. Um, And we're also lucky enough that Literally every single grade level, including kindergarten, gets to spend time in that lab. Like everybody takes STEAM. So I think there's going to be an opportunity for a lot of really great student creating in that lab. And I also foresee um, maybe me being the facilitator of some pretty cool collaborative stuff happening between the STEAM lab teacher and the other, you know, gen ed teachers in the the building. I think I think there's going to be some cool stuff happening this year.
1: I'm looking forward to learning more about that. Uh, I know. I have a lot of guests lined up who are actually a part of the whole Verizon Innovator program. No uh, many of them got the, uh, the, the, the learning lab, the, the millions of dollar learning lab. So yeah. um, would love to figure out how to get you guys back on the show and just talk about those kinds of topics. Because yeah. all of that stuff is important. And I know not every building is able to get these major grants and stuff, but it's all about figuring out what's current, getting that innovation in, selling it building those relationships moving the needle forward and as i say on, on every single show it's how do you help your teachers meet their goals through digital learning skills or through in emily's case math education right all of those
0: different <laughs>
2: okay. things calculus specifically yeah, cal- yeah, yeah. you want a <laughs> whole episode
3: on my math let me know
1: yeah i'm I, totally in there um Tell us a little bit more about Forward Edge. Give, give us the little give us the 30-second commercial here. Like, What is Forward Edge? How do we learn? And I know you're in the, in the Cincinnati area. Is it just Cincinnati? How do we take advantage of all the great stuff that Forward Edge has?
2: Yeah, so Forward Edge is an ed tech um, company. So we do everything from selling the Chromebooks to setting up security cameras, cybersecurity. We do all that stuff. But the team that Emily and I are on is the curriculum and integration team. Um, our whole team is former classroom teachers, now coaches. Um, and so districts come to us and say, hey, we'd like a coach for this many days a week or this many days a month, and we fulfill that need. Um, so we are mostly in the greater Cincinnati area, but we've got some um, clients in Northern Kentucky. We mm-hmm. are up in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, and through our you know webinar series and things like that that we've offered in coaches camp, we've connected with people Um, all over the country, actually, which has been really, really cool.
3: Yeah, and a couple other parts of Forward Edge and, like, our team specifically. Like I mentioned before, um, we do that coaches camp. So it's PD for coaches, by coaches. Um, And we also offer mentorships for, like, new coaches, existing coaches who just want professional development, where they get paired with one of our mentor coaches. Um, So there's that mentorship program we are creating the PLN for coaches, um, because we feel like there's like a real lack of that in the market, you know, ISTE used to have that great edtech coaches network, um, which has since gone away. So we're trying to kind of fill that void. Um, and then one of our other like products, we do have Edu Badges, which is professional development. It's like micro credentialing program um, that has really taken off and we are in multiple
2: States, um, with that program and all that content is created and maintained by us.
1: Yep. I think the website looks great. I'm glad that we <laughs> got a chance to check everything out. I'm looking forward to, to, to more collaborations here. And please know that everybody on forward Edge is, of course, welcome on the show at any time. Thank I know you. we're going to be doing more shows with, with your team members this summer. And I'm looking forward to seeing what this year is great. If you have any questions, please reach out to us over here. And of course we have all of the links for forward edge for Emily and for Anna Marie. If you need instructional coaching or calculus help, we are all here. <laughs> for you. My name's uh, <laughs> so we want to hear what you guys are thinking. Don't forget. You can head on over to ask scroll to the bottom. And sign up for our instructional coaches networks. We have one on Facebook, one on LinkedIn, and we've got a new one that we're working on in a brand new site that's out there called K12Leaders.com, where we're trying to collect, you know, technology directors, digital learning leaders. It's not going to be the one on K12Leaders is not going to be you know, coachy stuff. It's going to be more administrative. You know, how do you build a digital learning program? How do you, you know, job descriptions? What do you call it? How do you build coaching into your strategic vision? So we're trying to create all these little networks here, depending on where people find their stuff. So bottom line, head on over to askthetechcoach.com. Scroll to the bottom. We got all the links for that stuff. Find us on Twitter, Emily, Anna Marie, Forward Edge. I want to say thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I really enjoyed this conversation.
3: Thank you so much for having us.
1: And that wraps up this episode of Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 204. On behalf of Emily, Anna Marie, and everybody here in TeacherCast, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.